3D6 down the line. Hey everyone, welcome back to 3D6 Down the Line. We are continuing on with our exclusive sneak preview of the unpublished starter adventure in the upcoming Dolmenwood tabletop role-playing game, which will be released soon in sometime in 2024. The name of the adventure is called The Red Caps Cauldron, and it is written by none other than the creator of both Old School Essentials and Dolmenwood, Gavin Norman, otherwise known as Necrotic Gnome. My name is John. I'm your referee for the evening. Going around the horn, we have a full house. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm playing Friar Gimes Do Good <laughs> with a strength of five. <laughs> Hi, I'm David. I'm playing Crump Wodler, the knight. I'm Matt. I'm playing everyone's favorite slow-talking mossling, Grimo Mossforo. <laughs> uh, I'm a bard. I'm a bard. Bard. And uh, according to my character sheet, I am playing the subtly threatening but childlike Glanceskew Gwillem, elf magician. Ooh. Yeah. And to be clear, uh, David is a, is a Bregel knight. He's one of the goat folk um, sworn to House Mobrek. Uh, so one point of clarification that we wanted to make right off the bat is that with the latest version of the PDF that we have in our hands uh, from the Kickstarter, uh, the class that Matt is playing is uh, was known, well, used to be known as a minstrel. However, Gavin has unofficially told us that that name will be um, uh, taken out and it's going to be replaced with Bard, even though Bard is... Um, Obviously, a, a loaded term for anyone who's played any sort of D and D version over the uh, over the years. This, the the mechanics have not changed at all. It is still the minstrel mechanics, um, but it's just going to be called a bard. So that is what we will be referring to Grimo as from now on. Um, uh, anything it's else? More to... of a roadie, I think, than a, than a genuine <laughs> bard. Yeah, that's true. He aspires to be a. a well, bard. there is a long story that I should yeah. tell you about these three of Not bards. It's cool. <laughs> All right. So last time we met this uh, this crazy crew, um, the uh, they had been hired by a sage to go to the uh, dark mirror, which was a strange lake. Uh, where the Chateau Moves and uh, the resident there, the sorceress Igraine, lives, in order to uncover a stolen cauldron that used to belong to the Duke who cherishes dreams, one of the fairy lords of Dolmenwood. Um, it was stolen by one of his minions who went rogue, a red cap. That's the name of the module. Unearthing the cauldron, they discovered that the cauldron was actually a portal to a strange dreamlike world within the cauldron itself. And... They entered in and quickly came into contact with a uh, a group of cat or pillars, uh, cat-headed caterpillars that were actually munching on a long table full of delicious provender. Um, the Bregel Knight decided that, if, you know, being a knight, of course, he expected hospitality and uh, helped himself to some food and found out that the caterpillars didn't really like that. Um, some violence ensued, which was quickly quashed by what the apparent custodian of the cauldron a Sir Wello, a winged manticore uh, wearing a paisley waistcoat, I should remind you, who genteely and quietly basically told everyone to behave themselves and to, um, and to not get into trouble. Which you took his advice, you headed north into what appears to be the kitchen, which has a bunch of animated sources of apprentice-like um, tools and utensils that were busily uh, preparing and stirring all manner of food um, in the kitchen. And you have been stymied by two doors in this kitchen. One, 
is a giant cat's uh, head. And Yowls uh, was yowling at you. I believe that Friar Giles was taking point on this one, um, where it licked its lips and it eyed you and it said, uh, I need something solid to eat. You fed it some of your rations and it seemed to love that, but everything else you tried, it didn't like at all. And on the eastern side was a regular door um, with a plaque on it, but that was in the shape of a, uh, a, a brass plaque that was in the shape of a wine bottle, which appears to be locked. Does it so, actually have a doorknob or mm -hmm. like a, is there a, there's a, so there's a keyhole? Yep, sure is. Yep. yep. Just a normal, a just a normal door. I can't really see anything. Yeah. Right. So that's where we are right now. Um, it is, uh, it's exactly 9 a.m. in the morning. Six turns have passed since you've entered the cauldron. Um, of course, it's 9 a.m. in Dolmenwood. You are right. no longer in Dolmenwood, so just be aware of that that time can play tricks upon mortals when they step into mm. fairy. I'm not a mortal. Uh, I, no, guess you're, I guess you're good then. I'm, I'm yeah, you're good. totally fine. <laughs> I'm playing tricks on time. I would, I would um, like to make a humble request that John minimize the creepy cat interaction. I'm afraid I can't <laughs> obey that order. That request. <laughs> So Man, uh, no. the room right now, it's, it's kind of chaotic, right? So there's a bunch of stuff yeah. that's uh, moving around. You know that if should you try to traverse the room, there's a decent chance that you might just get thwacked um, by, a, by a big spoon or ladle or something like that. Um, uh, but you guys are sort of spread around the edges of the room, um, avoiding that at, for the nonce, I believe. Glance Askew is at the wine door. Yes. Friar Gimes is at the cat door. And uh, Sir Crump and Grimo, I believe, are sort of near the entrance to the room in the south. So, gentlemen, I would like to point out that in the previous episode, John did not refer to it as a cat door. Therefore, <laughs> we can make the supposition that it is indeed a door of some sort and not just well, an animated statue to eat us. Well, I do remember him describing it as it didn't look like a space that a person could fit into. I did yeah, jam so my head I in stuck there. my head in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah so the mouth itself when it's open is three foot, three feet wide with fangs, uh, but the whole cat uh, face on the on the wall is like eight feet tall, made, right. and it's carved from stone. And and quick question: when when uh, Mister Jimes, uh, Friar Jimes, sorry, would put the rations in the mouth, did it like chew them thoroughly, mm -hmm. or did it, yeah, it, it closes its mouth and like chews? It actually opens chewing. it back up. Yeah, yeah. so oh, we don't um, want to put Mike in there. Important thing, and I hope I said this last episode. I, if I didn't, I apologize. Um, the there is a, there, yeah. Mike, what you got you? big head. We have a Mike Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> welcome, welcome to big head mode, Mike. <laughs> so no. it is a, it is. How do you avoid this? What is this? Oh, oh, no. No. Oh, no. No. Oh, the realm of is a strange, strange place. <laughs> Amazing. Uh. Welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> There's there was a, plaque, a uh, right? there, that's correct, Ted. Yeah, there's a, a brass plaque on the forehead of the cat that is shaped like a cauldron. And you were told by Sir Wello uh, vaguely that the two cauldrons within this cauldron are both to the north, the cauldron yeah. of places and the cauldron of riches. And yeah. remember, your goal, your goal, this, what the sage wants you to do is to find his lost dream, which right. was a dream of his map of the moon. It's a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So I'm at this door. 
I think I've, if you recall last time I splashed wine on it, I think I touched the wine bottle to the door. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Um, I can't see through the keyhole. The doorknob is actually physically locked, right? It physically locked, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what if I like, I don't know if I've touched the plaque, if I touch it or press it or like trace it with my finger, anything like that. Nothing I, seems to happen. I okay. actually have a an idea. What if you were to turn the plaque like a bottle of wine is pouring? Like try to twist it. Ooh. And see Does it if it's like a movable plaque at all. Is it fixed you thoroughly or you try to do it? Sure. It does not work. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. What Such a good idea, though. Right uh, on the plaque. Touch the plaque with the wine bottle. Pour wine on the plaque. Nothing happens. All right. I'll yeah. drink some wine in front of the door. Tastes good. <laughs> I'm going to start vocally whining about the door not being open and see if anything happens. <laughs> ah, why won't the door open? <laughs> Nothing happens. Uh, don't forget too that the uh, the whole place is ringed with cupboards of all sorts. Um, uh, that you you know you open one I think, but you haven't yeah. you know done a thorough search. Um, and uh, just for the audience out there, don't forget too that you guys are um, very vivid and sharp, but you but your um, your colors have basically uh, dissipated, right? Like you're almost black and white, um, where the colors all around you of everything else are very, very striking and vibrant, but everything uh, is hazy and ill-defined. John, I have a question. Is there um, like an imperceivable number of these things flying around, or does it seem like a a concrete finite number of these um, utensils that are flying around dangerously? It's 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 concrete. Like you can you know you can track them. You know. Okay, um, I would like to try something. Like I, I don't want to fight these things. I don't want. I'm not going to take aggressive action, but mm-hmm. I do have. Uh, let me just make sure I do. Uh, uh, oh, I thought I. Uh, I have a bedroll. I thought I had a large sack, but I don't. I have a bedroll. I'm going to try to just like if I see one coming by, I want to like try to catch it like in my my bedroom like softly like like catch it and see if i can capture the thing okay like just um, like stick the bedroll out there see if i can like detain it gotcha so it, it so we'll, we'll call it a um, we'll call it a ladle the ladle appears to be aware that you're trying to get it and it attempts to avoid you catching it so i'm going to actually need you to make me attack roll oh okay i can do that uh ac that, is 13 would that be a melee attack i guess Unless you're tossing the bedroll, no, um, but if you want to keep it in your hands, uh, well, I, I actually would be better at tossing it, so I will make a uh, uh, a toss with my bedroll. Sure. So a short range, you do get a plus one. Okay. AC AC thirteen. And I have a plus one from my dexterity. So let's just see how that goes. Uh, oh well, that's that's a six. So a that's six. Not yeah, long. not going to do it. Long so long it long. it just whips whips through the way, and it um it. Uh, it, it kind of stops in the air and quivers a little bit, right? It's sort of sloshing whatever soup it had out, uh-huh. and then it sort of runs at you and tries to thwack you. Oh. It didn't like what you tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a, your, soft, a soft mattress. What's your AC? Uh, my AC is 14. Ow! Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. It, uh, it deals one one damage to you as it thwacks you. Ouch! That's oh, this, right. uh, is what I was hoping to avoid. <laughs> How about if I, I knock on the door, John? Hello. 
awesome. what happens. Yeah, is there a right. sign on it that says pull? No. <laughs> Damn it. No. Um, apologies if my memory doesn't serve. Uh, obviously, this is a kitchen and there's cookware and all, all sorts of things about. Right. Does it appear as though uh, I could, uh, I guess, pantomime, since it's not real food, it's dream food, making a dish? If I tried. Pantomime it? No, could, could I try to make a a dish out of dream dream ingredients? Is what I'm what I'm asking. Yeah, but you you would run the risk of is that you you would kind of be in the midst of the kitchen of of possibly being thwacked. Not not out uh, of malice, but just because you know things are whipping around through the air really fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious if uh, if these utensils just need a good job. And our uh, preparing a dish might orient them to a purpose uh, instead of a chaotic so, back and forth. Well, they're not chaotic. I, I should be clear. I maybe didn't describe it enough. Like, it, it's just that the, the utensils are flying all around the air. So there's a decent chance, basically. What, what, <coughs> what they're trying to simulate here is that there's chaos in the room. Very yeah. difficult to avoid. But there is. Uh, but the utensils are doing something purposefully. They are making food. Okay. They're making right. dishes, yeah. Okay. Like dishes are actually like starting to come together, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, right. tongs that's are preparing things on plates and all that sort right. of stuff. Yeah. David, can you can you reach into that cat's mouth and see if you can pull out one of the things that we put in? I would love to. I'm gonna reach in and see if I pull anything out. Were you already at the cat door? I was. He was okay. over there with. Uh, um, uh, Prior Jimes, yes. So you reach in, and the uh, the the cat's mouth is wide, and it's sort of like uh, coughs in a hairball like manner, like a, <laughs> and it's like ah, I need something solid, solid to eat. Maybe it wants the food that the utensils are cooking. Is there like a pot of you know sausages that's ready or something? Yes, but uh, that that pot of sausages or whatever is it's going to be all very dreamy. very yeah it's very very bright but very very hazy and indistinct. So no, not everything um, else really solid. But uh, those rations sure were solid, and mm, those were good. Uh, we've we've it's, given it's been, it we've given it four so far. Do you want to give it more? No. What if we give it something that we wouldn't conventionally consider food, but is solid? I think it didn't like something else we tried didn't we stick something else in there and it was like crowbar i didn't like the crowbar i just jammed it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well okay we did a crowbar <laughs> Sorry, my voice is a little hoarse um i don't know if i want to lose my crowbar is the thing uh do we have anything one less useful oh, okay yeah toss it in there yeah. and see what happens the crowbar yeah okay so it uh it closes its mouth and it just goes and it th throws the crowbar back out so it likes food Ah, food. Why don't all you right. what, give it some more rations if we have them? Why? Why not? We can. If right. Outside is right over there. We can get more. I'll, I'll, I made it back just in time for creepy cat guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I throw my rations over to uh, Crump. Is that your name, right, Crump? Yes, Sir Crump. It is Sir Crump. <laughs> Sir Crump, have some sandwiches. <laughs> I guess I'll, I guess I'll, 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 I'll uh, throw more sandwiches into the disposal here. I feel Is that threatened. threatening? I don't to know what end, I don't I know. But, you know. How many <laughs> rations do you throw in? I throw all, all of them. my rations. There are two rations that I've given to Sir Crump. Okay. So that'll be six total that we fed it. Mm, so good. Please. 
Please, more, more of your solid food. Find me more solid food. Okay. Guys, let's, let's... Is the body of the caterpillar still there? Oh, they were eating it. Yeah, in the other room. Yeah. All right. I'm, that's it. I'm going old school. I get out my crowbar, and I'm going to go to town on this door. I'm tired of this. You're, you're wailing on it? Well, I pull out my crowbar, and I'm going to start trying to pry open the wine door. Oh, pry, the wine door. Okay, I thought you were going to start beating that cat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I support that. I mean, I thought about it, but no. I, I'm uh, not moving amongst the, the utensils again. I'm going to stay yeah. here at the wine door, and I'm going to try and crowbar this thing. Sure. Yeah, guys, I'm going uh, to go tuck in that kid. I'll come back when uh, Ted's dead. Okay. <laughs> okay, so in this game... Stuck doors, yeah, um, or breaking door, left doors, uh, breaking open. Successful strength check, um, the use of a tool. They actually point out a crowbar, lovely, yeah. and one turn of effort. Um, Does the tool modify okay, so, the roll? Uh, it, it just no. It means like you you can't do it without like okay. a, a proper tool. But you have a proper tool, which is good. So you're going to do a strength check, glance at skew, um, which means that you're going to uh, uh, you're going to roll a d6. But you're going to add your strength modifier to the d6, and for an ability check, which this is, the target is actually four. Or okay, higher. so I have no strength modifier. Okay, so I, so I just, just roll a straight d6. You have a fifty percent chance. All right, four or higher, four or higher on my d6, which I am now rolling. I'm putting all my five hundred years of elf frustrations into this. <laughs> Sexual frustrations. Oh, I guess oh, that was a very peaceful, wise elf. It wasn't frustrated at all. I, yeah. Uh, my, weak, my weak limbs feebly flail against this frustrating <laughs> foe. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. And yeah, uh, so you guys can see Glance Askew uh, frustratingly try to um, rip open the door, but I think little I will avail. dramatically lean on the door and, and, and threaten it with all sorts of horrible tortures if it doesn't yield to my, my crowbar. It tells you perhaps you need a key. And like a little like magical arrow points to the keyhole. <laughs> 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 this is how we open doors in Dreamland. <laughs> Maybe there's a key in one of these cabinets. You know, for a moment, I thought the door was really talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of module, right? <laughs> All right. Are there any cupboards within reach of me without getting pummeled? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is actually. Yeah. Uh, drawers, anything. I'm going to start rooting around for keys or. Okay. Okay, so first of all, a turn went by for the, what you guys have done so far. Give me a second yeah, here. This is Don't mind me. Um, and uh, if you want to rummage around, it'll take another turn if you want to be really thorough. I, I say we start rummaging, guys. Yeah. I agree. For some reason, yeah, I thought that the, the keyhole didn't exist, and it was purely wine that like unlocked it by that was, Yeah, I, I thought for sure this was a wine-related door, but I've been, <clears throat> I've been stymied. So let's try it. And I, old school failed me, so now we're just going to have to go to the basics. Can I, can I ask, John, if I, if a passing utensil, one that's not sharp, preferably, it goes flying by, I'm not in its path, can I reach out and grab it? Oh, we already had this little problem, didn't we? Yeah, right when you were gone, Grimo tried the exact same thing. Um, oh, okay. it, it, you could definitely try to do it. You should it totally requires do an it, attack Mike. roll. Definitely do it. Oh, big Mike. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, David, Matt, Matt what can, causes that? Do you know? 
Wait, we don't have the time to go through okay. it right now. Grimo, um, Grimo attempted to do the same thing and had to make an attack roll and missed. And then um, the the utensil actually defended itself and managed to damage Grimo a little bit. Ooh, then I'm definitely not doing that with my three hit points or whatever I have. Okay, so everyone's searching cabinets. Is that yeah, what I mean? drawers. Okay. Looking underneath, taped underneath the bottom of the table. Okay, so the top uh, of the lintel of the door. Anything. Since all of you guys are searching. And you're being very thorough about it and taking a turn. Uh, you find mostly in the cupboards, you find bags of like vegetables, like onions and carrots and potatoes. However, I assume they're cute. all sort of ghostly, right? They are, yeah. Everything's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless I say otherwise. Everything, so it's not only you, but everything you're carrying that you brought in with you is also very, very sharp, but right. um, but lost its color, uh, uh, desaturated. Okay. The uh, After a thorough search, glance askew in one of the drawers that was near you. Yeah. It happens to be a silverware drawer. When you open up the drawer, all of the silverware leaps up and out, divides itself into table settings, right? So like a fork, a spoon, and a knife basically kind of joined together. Sure. And they all start to sort of arrange themselves on the counter as if they are about to be set for dinner. Um, when the drawer is empty, you see that in like the little um, divider that is in the drawer that separates the utensils underneath where the spoons were, let's say, there's a small key. Ah. I shall remove the key. And Could the we have made that more difficult? <laughs> 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 you know, I, I don't know why searching the drawers wasn't the first thing we did, but uh, it's dream world, guys. We're trying to do radically well, different things, yeah. all right? Yeah, I get, man. I get it. Absolutely. I was trying to think like I was in a dream. I, I love how uh, you're automatically uh, assuming that this key is for this door. I love, I love the optimism. That's great. <laughs> hey, optimism. <you> down. <laughs> <laughs> I will, uh, with a flourish and, and a childlike giggle, I will attempt to open the door with the key. Click, and it does indeed open. When you, when you open the door, yes. it swings inward. Into uh, into the beyond, and beyond is dark. Actually, the light from the kitchen itself does sort of stream down, and you see that it is illuminating the top few steps of that appears to go directly, directly downward towards the east. And remember, um, in the map here, which I'm about to switch to for the audience, yeah, um, the map here. These are five foot squares. Okay, so okay. it is a ten ten foot wide staircase going directly east. <laughs> And it goes oh. down for 15 feet. And I'm not going to give you any more because you're not shining. You're only using the light from the room to look down there. And this is stairs down? It stairs down, correct. After 15 feet, it appears to open up into a into a room, but you can't get any details unless you move down. All right. Or, sh or shine um, some light. I will uh, bow to my comrades, point at the door, light my torch, Put my backpack back on and go into the staircase. Okay, so mark the torch. Um, and your flickering torch, which once again, the the torch light itself doesn't have that warm, fiery tone. It's more like a right. cool blue tone, right? Uh, but uh, but it clearly illuminates, which is kind of interesting. It's it's a weird sort of effect where the your very clear light illuminates the haziness of everything around you as you kind of descend the steps, if you understand what I'm saying. Always try to keep in mind that general environment. Yeah, yeah Mike. Yeah. Uh, two things. Number one, mm -hmm. 
when I'm leaving the cat and snaking around to get to that other door, I give a, I give it a, a little, you know, screw you cat. And then um, I look at is his that what lantern. This is? <laughs> it is. It is if you're in the right area of the world. Okay, that's the, um, that's the religious uh, screw you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I look at your torch disdainfully, and I pull out a lantern. Oh, Ooh. you went off to Francisco. It's how civilized people do it in the mortal I, world. All right. I will light the lantern and I will carry the lantern since I am useless in combat. Useless. <laughs> I am similarly useless, but I will have I a torch in my hand. Roll my weapon and smite any who get in ways. There we go. <laughs> uh, I, so who, who's going down first? Is Sir Crump? Uh, well, I actually I've already stepped in. I just want to go down the stairs to the bottom of the staircase. Glances Q is taking the initiative. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so before everyone can sh uh, shuttle in there, Glances Q is, I've got it, and moves down. Um, you move down 15 feet uh, using your torch and supplemented from behind you um, from that uh, from that mortal man's lantern. It opens up into a, uh, a square cellar, which appears to be a wine cellar of sorts. Go figure. It uh -huh. is... It is 30-foot square. You are entering in um, directly in the middle of the western part of that room. 30-foot square. Yep. So you got six, six, squares to a, six squares to a side. All right. So if the wine cellar was marked by a door with a bottle of wine on it, that implies that the other one is full oh. of cats. Yeah, that's where Can, you store uh, the cats. Yeah. Just for I just realized I'm so sorry I should have mentioned this before you started drawing all this stuff. The kitchen door um, is actually uh, five feet north, so everything beyond the door is actually supposed to be one thing up. If it if it matters to you, it's up. It's up to you. Well, for those watching from home, this is what happens when you map. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. for real. Like if I were actually mapping things out on a piece of scratch paper. While trying to hold a torch with one hand and a key with the other, this is what you get. So we're yeah, not changing yeah. anything. That's fine. That's totally cool. Yeah. Just be aware um, if you've mapped further. Um, okay. So it's 30 foot. Uh, so your torchlight illuminates. There's a, a tiled floor here of gray slate. Um, the, low, the ceiling is rather low. It's only about seven feet high. And with your, you're probably taller than everyone else, uh, glances skew. So you're kind of brushing the top of that. Um, the yeah. ceiling itself is arched. And there are wine racks that line all of the walls. Okay, um, there are labels on the racks that are numbered clockwise, um, and let's see, uh, yeah. Uh, and there are bottles of wine everywhere. They're um, dusty, really dusty, and there's a whole bunch. There's red, white, uh, violet sort of flavored wines, um, and that you're you. They're all, uh, what do you call it, uh, horizontal in the racks, right? So you're, you can't actually see the labels of any of them. You're just seeing sort of the ends of them. Um, now, interesting uh, is that the rack labels themselves, which are all numbered, right, are uh, the labels are made of, uh, of brass, okay? And they're all numbered sequentially, going clockwise. The, however, in the middle of the northern wall, one of the rack numbers is actually made out of steel rather than brass. So it's like, you know, yellow, 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 and then like gray. John, do any of them look um, more defined than others? These labels? Or uh, I guess it, if either the labels or any of the bottles themselves? 
Uh, no, they all appear to be dreamlike. Everything appears to be dreamlike. <clears throat> well, I will wait uh, at the bottom of the stairs till everyone's here, and then we can push Crump out first. Makes sense. Crump will barge barge into the room as if peril already awaits and <clears throat> trip on the last step, uh, uh, catch himself, and act like it was intentional. That's uh, giving rise to the Dolmenwood phrase, a breggle in a wine shop. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right. Actually, yeah, so you're, surrounded, you know, you're surrounded by wine. You would anticipate, uh, Sir Crump, that there's probably around like 300 bottles of wine in here. A lot. I should taste the supply just to be sure. Of course. Yeah, I think that's... So I'm going to go to what, uh, in my, in, in my uh, keen appraisal uh, with an intellect of, I think, six. <laughs> That's my charisma, mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, no, also my intellect. Wow, I am. Mm. You wondered why I hit that caterpillar. <laughs> um, so uh, angry I'm going to look at what looks like the fanciest bottle I can see. So and, wait, but uh, wait, but before you go in... My mm-hmm. my friend, I am worried for your safety. I have a way to check this room that is perfectly safe for everyone. And he reaches into his bag and he takes out a snail. This is uh, my snail. His name is Infinite Snail. And he will check the room for us. <laughs> Does it have what like a nautilus? <laughs> no, he's a, 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 a oh, snail. actual snail, man. And I, I put him on the ground and I say, okay, your job is to check this whole place. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Everyone stand back. <laughs> <laughs> As the snail just like... <laughs> We're all just waiting, watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, buddy. He's, go. He's got this. He knows what he's. He's a professional. This is your trinket, right? Does he? Does it have yeah. any sort of special weirdness? No. No. <laughs> the only the only thing is that if he dies, I get a new one. Oh, okay. That's nice. why his name is Infinite Snail. Infinite Snail. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right. So, Sir Crump, you accidentally step on it and crush its shell, but. Oh. <laughs> But a new one appears at Grimo's hand. No, I'm just um, I assumed Infinite Snail referred to his speed. Oh dear. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, it's like the like the snail from um a never ending story. Uh, okay. Sir Crump, you are yeah. uh trying to find a ver- rare bottle of wine, is that what I'm hearing? As far as I could discern, yeah. Okay. So looking at the bottles and kind of observing them, um with you haven't touched any of them, but kind of looking at them, you can see that on most of the labels it says Hypnagogia vintage. Right, and you've never heard of it. You don't know, uh, but they're all sealed. Uh, it, it will take you a turn to probably locate one of the special bottles, mm. or you could just open one of the. If you want to taste the the house wine of Hypnagogia Vintage, feel free. Might I make a, a third suggestion? Go a third way. Could I uh, uh, spend a turn searching for a nice bottle? Wow. Mm. Supping from from a regular bottle along the way. <laughs> sure, just I'm yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of I just started drinking and like looking around and drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you open up the Hidden Goji Vintage. It's it's okay, right? Much like the other food that you taste, like the food back in the dining hall, 
you can tell when it's going down that it is not providing you any sort of sustenance. However, it does probably affect you in a little bit of a manner. This gives me a good excuse to um, check out the optional drinking rules. Woohoo! Woo! Love it. Inebriation. Should we go for it? This is an optional rule, but it could be fun. Do it. Want to try it? Of course. I think a drunken goat armed to the teeth is a great idea. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So this is inebriation, and yeah, for each measure of an alcoholic drink consumed, make a constitution check. Failure indicates that the character has reached the next level of inebriation. So right now you're at level one, which is sober, no effects. So make a con check. So your target number is four. You're going to roll a d6, and you're going to add or subtract your con modifier to that roll, and you're attempting to hit four. All right, I rolled a two. <laughs> A two. <clears throat> and I have a, a plus one, so I did not hit the mark. All right. So you have failed. Uh, so you have become tipsy from drinking the Hypnagogia Vintage. Um, the effects of the beverage start to become appreciable. You're going to suffer minus one to attack rolls. Oh. Yeah. Um, so sobering uh -huh. up, unless you have some sort of magical means or some sort of way to speed it up, naturally sobering up uh means you have to cease drinking, obviously, and you lose one level of inebriation every two hours. Well, I don't okay. intend to cease drinking, so... I love it. <laughs> oh. I love it. How much do I drink before I get a bonus to my attribution? When you well, drink, do you think you have a bonus, but it's actually a penalty? Gavin has thought of this, and there, depending on how hard you want to go, Sir Crumpy, you will find out exactly what that is. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, you've drank enough uh, while you're kind of wandering around with a bottle, and then, uh, you're searching around for a special bottle. And you do, you find one, because you, you said you're going to spend a turn, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So, roll me a d6, please. I will do that. That is another two. Oh, you found a good one. You, with your eagle eyes, you have heard tale of this very special admixture, um, but it's only in uh, some of the, uh, the most far, the farthest reaches of Dolmenwood can you actually find it. This is, and your eyes go wide as you see it. This is the famed Golden Espintheon. Um, extremely rare, extremely rare. Uh, it's a legendary draft said to be. Only distilled in fairy. In fact, uh, Glantisky, you would probably know this relatively well. Not that you, even you wouldn't be able to get your hands on it very often. Right. Um, it has a rich golden hue, which is probably what made it stand out to you, Sir Crump. Glimmering with motes of silvery radiance. I'm going to uncork it and have a sip. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. It, it's, it's exquisite, especially when compared uh, to the Hypnagogia Vintage, which was already pretty good. But this is... It's... Um, it's just absolutely divine. It did you it, say it, it, distilled? Hmm? Did you say that it's distilled? Distilled, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my. Yeah. So yeah, a state of sublime joviality drapes over you, Sir Crump. You rejoice in debate with your companions and you are completely at peace with the world. Ooh. Complete euphoric state of just like everything. A complete Zen state of everything is awesome. I am good. I am good. My name is Crump Woldler. Woldler. <laughs> I can't pronounce it very well. <laughs> Wolder, it's a, it Wolder. is a tough one. <laughs> it's, 
A wolder is a person who who comes from the high wold. Mm. I, that which which tracks. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. definitely yeah. high wold now. Mm. Oh, listen, <laughs> listen. I was a short horn before drinking this draft, but let's just say the uh, the horns are tumescent, my friends. With- <laughs> oh, 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 geez. <laughs> First it was fecund, now it's tumescent. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, what are the rest of you guys doing while Sir Crump is uh, so, getting well, wasted? He's just, like going around to all the the wine things, right? Mm-hmm. I I am curious about the uh, the one that looks different, the one that had this yeah, the steel too. label. Okay. Um, can we uh, maybe we go together? One of us can check the steel yeah, label thing, do. and the other can check the. Uh, I'll what, check the top shelf. You check the bottom shelf. How I am disturbed by your tone of voice, but yes, I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> we all disturb each other. Uh, uh, okay, you take the high road. I'll take the low road. I'll check the bottles. You check the. You're just yeah. you're just looking, not touching. Uh, oh no, I I'm touching. Yeah. Twist some bottles. Move. Look around behind them. Okay, so uh, the bottles appear to be normal. Uh, they're all Hypnagogia vintage, unless you want to look, uh, you know, spend a lot of time searching for something more rare. However, when uh, you're kind of moving stuff around, you notice that the 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 rack itself, the one that is labeled with the steel uh, the steel plaque, um, appears to move a little bit. Oh. Like it doesn't appear to be steady on the floor. Kind of like our friend Crump. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, why don't why don't we give it a little bit of a push or a pull? And yes, like that when we say, when you say it moves, it's like it's not stable. Or if we were to pull on it, it would swing away from the wall, sort of thing. Or more like the ladder, you have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Let's give well, it a pull. I, I say we, we give it a flourish and give it a pull. Do bottles right go crashing to the ground when they do that? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're careful, I assume. No, no, I, I, I don't intend to be reckless about it. You know. No. Okay. Yeah. So the, the bottles are real. So you do have to kind of be yeah. careful. But uh, you swing, you swing it wide, and the the wine rack actually does hinge open. It comes into the room, revealing a secret door behind it, leading northwards <laughs> into darkness. Good thing I have a torch. But glances Q has a torch. And illuminating 30 feet beyond him, you can see that it enters into a circular chamber from which you are entering from the exact southern point of it. And the chamber itself is one, two, three, four, five, wait, one, two, three, four. Actually, I wrote it down because I'm smart. Uh, 30-foot diameter room. You're coming in directly from the center of it. Um, However, there is a 10-foot wide passageway that leads off the eastern side, going directly east which ends at a door. Um, 10 foot wide, how long? Uh, just uh, just uh, five feet. Okay, actually, I want to put that right there. Now, so. glance askew, when you shine your torch in there, the first thing that you see is uh, glimmering and reflecting in your torchlight, uh, hazily, of course, is a, a bronze tiled floor. Okay, so it's like a like sheet metal, right? Like a, on the ground, of you know, deep rich color. Um, the 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 ceiling itself is domed with wooden beams, and in the center of this chamber is a black cauldron. There is shimmering water that's right at the lip of that cauldron, and there are grinning face engravings around the base of it. 
um, leaning against the cauldron, there is a three foot long pewter rod. Like it looks like silver, but you can tell it's like pewter. Um, and on the hanging on the northern and southern wall, so right near where you're coming through, there are two tapestries. Hanging on the northern and southern wall? Mm-hmm. Is it like hanging uh, straight down or is it like curved to follow the wall? It's curved to follow the wall. In fact, I would probably say, um, it's my mistake because I probably should have read the entire uh, description before I said anything, but you probably would have to like push the tapestry aside in order to get into the room. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which I will absolutely do. Yeah. So something like that. Uh, you got it, Ted. Very, oh, look, I got to show the audience, of course. There you go. Yep. Okay, and you say this cauldron is is brimming, brimming, and it's, it appears to be water, like not not right. some sort of how, you know, how eye large of, is eye it of newt sort of thing. <clears throat> hmm? So, like, if a cauldron full of dreams that's all water, you probably wet the bed if you dream like this or something. Just I don't, don't know. put your hand in don't, there. Don't put your hand in there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So there, there are two, he said, Sir Wello told you there were two, right? The cauldron of riches yeah. and the cauldron of places. Well, can we, can we see the, uh, what's on the tapestry opposite us when we come in? Uh, what did I say? 30 feet. So yeah, your torchlight would actually illuminate it at the very edge in the flickering torchlight. You can see the Northern tapestry just, uh, uh, Oh, actually, I think I might have a picture that I can actually put up here for you guys. Ooh. It depicts a smirking, ochre-skinned courtier with ant-like antennae. And that courtier is stirring a cauldron with two rods. One that's copper, the other is pewter. Oh, we okay. need the other rod. Now, the, the courtier who is doing this with these ant-like antennae looks like... Let me see if I can do this. Let's make it please work. It's so tiny. This. Oh, oh, cool. How would we even know that's a courtier? Like <laughs> it's the way, the way, the, obvious, my friend. No, it's way he, way he's dressed. Glances. Uh, I can't remember what your appearance is like, but you would know from like the fairy courts. It's very like Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell, where your courtier, your 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 elf courtiers, and your um uh, any sort of fairy courtier generally tends to dress like. Dangerous liaisons or Amadeus, right? Like a very 18th century Versailles, uh -huh. uh, you know, like tights and buckled shoes and uh, waistcoats right. and ruffles and all that sort of stuff. Right. right. But if you look at the face, like the ochre skin and the face with the antenna, that's what you're seeing right there. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. I would say that Sir Crump, Grimo, and Friar Giants are just like, what the heck is that thing, that creature? Glance askew. Yeah. You immediately peg it for a depiction, although probably not very accurate, but it stands to reason because it's fairy, that this is the fairy lord, very powerful, the lord of hypnagogia known as the duke who cherishes dreams. Oh. And this is, you are inside his cauldron. Oh. So it's the northern tapestry? That's the northern tapestry, correct. And he, he is the one stirring with the two rods? Is that oh, correct? That's correct, yeah. He has two, okay. one copper and one pewter. Uh, I think we should find that copper rod, boys. It's on the southern. Uh, boy, that is the worst handwriting. Uh, <laughs> what's on the southern tapestry? I'll turn around and look at it. So you step into the room? Oh, absolutely. 
You sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know me too well, Ted. Uh, it's, uh, you, you turn, you step into the room. Nothing happens. Turn around and shine your light that direction. Um, you see that, uh, strangely enough, the South Tapestry depicts purple wolves drinking wine. It's like it, it like uh, they're almost like anthropomorphic wolves, like kind of sitting like humans, like in a uh, you know that famous um, uh, dog poker, cards? yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> Except they're purple wolves and they're all sitting around a table, but they're drinking wine. Gentlemen, who's to, who who's interested in getting the cat drunk? Ooh, fun idea. A drunken but, cat might have a lulling mouth. Not to that sounds gross. Yeah. Yeah, that's I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Making it weird. But is any of this wine solid? <clears throat> yeah, that was going to be my real point. wine. I thought that was the whole thing. Is it's actual wine? No, it all wine. has that fuzzy. Yeah, we're in a the, dream. Op the opposite. Um, okay, so we've got a pewter rod. We want a copper rod. Uh, the other thing I was wondering about is right back so dogs that are just got here. Sorry. Okay. The um. The, the cauldron on the cat's head in the kitchen. Um, it, it, well, we haven't figured out how to get that thing open or get in there, but I'm wondering if like we'll find the key to that cat down here somewhere. We just have to be thinking about that is all I want to say. Okay, yeah. Mike? Can I sniff the liquid in the cauldron? Uh, sure. When you actually approach, so far, when you actually approach the cauldron and gaze upon it before sipping on it, on it, uh, you see something in that water. Praise God! Very, very much like the the mirror of Galadriel sort of thing, right? Um, uh, let's see. So, let me just make sure I'm saying this right. Give me a second. Yeah. So you see inside a scene. It, it, it's a vault. And there are two open chests within that vault where gold is spilling from them. Lots and lots of gold pieces. Which is... Um, the chests are emblazoned with some heraldry that I think all of you would recognize. And I'm going to put it up here. At least all your characters would recognize. Um, Jesus, it's so small. I need to zoom in in order to even get the handles. <laughs> okay. So you see this symbol which is the coat of arms of one of the great noble houses of Dolmenwood known as House Gillifer. House Gillifer is known to be the, um, the uh, probably the closest geographically. Uh, their, their realm in, in, in um, Dolmenwood is, is relatively nearby to the southwest, and their, the, their main manor is known as the Hall of Sleep. No, oh, appropriate. Okay. Mm. They are a human noble house. But rumors abound across Dolmenwood that because of their their sort of vibe is that they're sort of, you know, everything's fine and everyone's quiet. And, you know, they people think that the House Gillifer has some sort of alliance with the Duke who cherishes dreams and possibly with the sorceress herself. John, how are these um, tapestries hung? Are they? Is there like a rod up there with like? Yeah, there's like a rod, like a curved rod. <laughs> All right. Are any of them copper? No. Okay. Good question, though. Um, I would. I'm curious. Uh, I'm going to walk over, and um, 
without touching anything, I'm going to use some of the stuff that I have. What do I have? Um, I'm going to use my fiddle. Uh, just take it, and I'm going to like move the northern tapestry aside a little bit to look behind it and see there was a door behind this one, so maybe there's a door mm -hmm. behind that one. Uh, there does not appear to be anything. It seems to be blank wall. That's a relief because I wrote Dooku cherishes dreams right there. <laughs> um, John, does this does this uh, do these tapestries look particularly val valuable? Uh, they, uh, yeah, they probably fetch a, fetch a pretty penny if you could manage to haul them away. Uh, how, Very heavy. how, yeah, how bulky does boy. it look? Oh, there's a good, a good boy. boy. <laughs> um, I would say that those are, they're really heavy. I would call them three, three slot items. All right. Okay. Well, we don't need to get it now, but on the way out, uh, why don't I have a way to take these down without the, um, damage? They're dreams, man. Oh, that's right. You got that cool knack. Yeah. Yeah. What's your neck? Okay. Well, watch. I'll, sh I'll show you. And he'll oh, well, uh, just do it. It's fun. He'll start the whistle. And uh, I'm not going to do it because I'm a terrible whistler. But uh, he'll whistle this little tune. And you'll see the little threads like up around the place that uh, uh, where it's hanging, like the little uh, rings or whatever that's keeping it on the rod. He'll just unravel those little threads just a little bit. So like, blink, 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 <laughs> blink. It would just like slowly like come off like a shower curtain. That's uh, so cool. That's so cool. Uh, enough for like the tapestry to actually drop you're saying yeah yeah okay yeah so it does it it, it works and it uh, it drops to the ground uh, i'm gonna say a turn goes by from um exploring all right and i'll just i'll fold it up i'm not going to carry it now but uh, you know fold it up and put it in a, neat, a nice neat pile we can grab it later did anyone die not yet We're no trying. deaths yet oh, okay so warm. uh Friar, Friar, you were at the at the cauldron, so you see that scene of this vault with the riches right. and the house, the house Gillifer and all that kind of stuff. Um, you, now you said that you were going to try to taste it, but having seen oh, that, I you... sniff. Oh, sniff. Okay, sniff. sorry. Yeah, so it doesn't doesn't smell like anything. Uh, I'm going to take the rod. Okay. And I'm going to try and use it to poke the treasure. Okay, so, so you, you would insert the rod. The, the natural ripples occur. A little bit of water spills over and all that kind of stuff. It um, and when you insert the rod, the the scene still remains the same. Okay, um, and when you try to poke and you're sort of stirring the cauldron a little bit, like motion of the of the um, of the rod, the scene actually morphs into a different scene. This time, it's a study, and there is a desk in the middle of the study, and there are three scrolls with strange arcane writing on them laid out on that desk. Summon the elf and have him and point. Yes. You're creepy too. Okay, can you read this? <laughs> can you read the uh, writing on those scrolls? Uh, yes, I shall gaze deep within the waters of the cauldron and look closely at the scrolls. So it appears to be from a distance uh, far enough that you cannot, you can make out that it is definitely um, arcane language, but you cannot make out exactly its contents. Um, arcane, ancient knowledge. What if... Just reach in and grab one. I'm gonna reach in and grab one or attempt to. Yes, I love it when you do the things I suggest. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it anyway. Because you know, uh, let's 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 so test what's going on around here. You you put your slim, ruffled 
uh, arm into the water and yes. the it disturbs the scene a little bit but it doesn't change um, and your arm it pulls out uh, just be, being wet and now you are sodden up to your elbow I'm unable to grasp anything yeah it just felt like water in the in the cauldron cold water. you didn't get in deep enough try again does the, how far yeah how, how far away does this scene look like like I, 10 feet 20 feet yeah it's like 10 feet ish yeah it's sort of oh you're, yeah you're sort of, it's sort of like if you were so so far they've, it's been two rooms right a vault and a study and it's yeah. almost as if you were like a like a surveillance camera in the corner of the room looking down on the room uh, yeah, sort of, yeah, if you want okay yeah. I, I wonder um, if you need one rod to make the image and the other rod to interact with it well I had the same thought but what I'm wondering here is uh, so without further disturbing this scene to change it mm-hmm um, I want to, uh, let's see, I'll take, um, uh, the hammer out of my pack okay, and carefully like, so not to ripple, drop it into the cauldron to see if it like appears in the scene. I understand what you mean. Yeah. It does yeah. not appear in the scene. Can I, if I shift the light a little bit, can I just see the hammer line at the bottom of the cauldron or does it just vanish? It, it, it appears to vanish. You, you can hear the, the hammer like enter the water and sort of clink against the bottom of the cauldron, uh-huh. but you can't see it. Like all you're seeing is, is the, is the study. Far out. How, how is it so deep? Could he feel when he stuck his arm in, could he feel the bottom? Uh, I wasn't assuming that he was reaching all the, all the way down. So I was, but, yeah. but, but judging, yeah. but judging by like the height of the cauldron, like if he did, if he put it basically all the, like his, all the way up to his shoulder, Technically, he um, if nothing weird happens, he should be able to reach the bottom. Yeah. Word of advice: well, use your non-dominant arm when you do this. <laughs> Speaking from experience, <laughs> I need a withered hand on a stick. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna be like reach in up to the shoulder to try and get the uh, the hammer. You can. You feel oh. it. You pull it out, and just after totally I cross it off. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I never thought I'd see it again. Oh, I missed you so much. <laughs> it's been five seconds. Never leave me again. I can't wait to smash a snail with you. <laughs> That's mean. Right. That's just mean. Uh, John, while well, he's getting his uh, robes wet, what's what's uh, up with that uh, uh, hallway and door to the east? The door to the east. Okay. Um. Burr, burr, burr. Burr, burr, burr. Let's see. So it appears to just be a normal uh, a normal door. Sure, it's inside uh, of a cauldron. Any anything on it? Any label? No. No labels. No. Um. All right. I. I. Uh. I'll. I'll give it a listen. Can I listen uh, at oh, that door? I should say that the. Okay. Um. Let me let me retract. The, the door. It, it's wooden. It's arched. Okay. Okay, so it, it's not like a perfect rectangle. It has an, an arch to it. Yeah. Um, and the whole door is painted with purple lacquer. Oh, that's the best kind. That's I should have normal. known that Gavin actually made the door actually something <laughs> cool. Come on, John. Like, what, what, was, what was I thinking? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll just uh, press my uh, mossy ear up there and um, uh, give, a li- give a listen. Okay. So... You can okay. So let's do let's do a listen check. So this yeah. is going to be um, a target six on a d six. Uh, I actually uh, have a five listen. Oh okay. So okay, here we go. Ba boom. Oh, that's a six, John. Oh, that's a snap. Okay, so 
you're going to take a turn, which don't mind me. Um, you can clearly hear through the door. You hear steady clanking, like armored f uh, boot prints uh -huh. moving beyond that door. Oh. There's a little bit of a Doppler effect, like you can kind of hear them kind of coming closer uh -huh. and then moving further away, then coming closer and moving further away. Okay. Uh, uh, friend Grump, I think you have a buddy in here that you might want to meet. Uh, is there a phone of anguish? Shall <clears throat> I shall I catch him unawares? Well, and, uh, I, and, I, and I saddle up next to the door, ready to burst through. <laughs> so I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'll, I'll listen until the <laughs> the the footsteps are like far away. Yeah, because you said they were like coming back and forth. Yeah. So when they're at their farthest, now remember the um, uh, Sir Wello will be mad if you just start the fight. So remember, it reminds me of a joke. <laughs> I'd love uh, to hear it. I take more more <laughs> wine. I hand the wine over to him while he's trying to tell this joke. Have you been drinking this entire time, sir? Carl? Yes, of course. Then I need I you have. to make me another roll. Constitution. All oh, right, I'd love to. All <laughs> oh, right, I would, I would love to do that for you. <clears throat> Constitution roll number two is a five plus one. That is six. Oh. I am a steely. You are. You can. Uh, you can I'm, handle I'm a, it. A sentient keg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. So uh, you were saying you're waiting for their further away, Grimo, and then what are you doing? Yeah. Then I will uh, uh, open the door and, and you know, just gesture for him to come. Just him. Okay, so you open the door, and this room is actually lit. There are wood panels walls that are dark and polished, and there are dozens of portraits, all oil paintings in gilded frames that line the entire uh, room. The room is 20 feet high with a vaulted ceiling with wooden beams, and it's lit by uh, giant iron candelabras that are hung from the ceiling. Like big, heavy sort of things, right? There are suits of armor that are holding glaives and they are flanking a door. Um, and that door, uh, 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 hold on a second. I'm gonna make sure I get the right door here. Oh, we oh they are, they're actually to either side of you. So you open the door and they're actually on either side of you. Okay. Um, and the, the, um, uh, I'm sorry, they, they have their glaives like uh, at, not that they're ready. They're holding them on the ground. I, I don't know why. I can't sentries. Form. Yes, like sentries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, however, the room, John. Uh, the room is precisely thirty feet east to west and thirty-five feet north to south, and you are entering in a door that straddles the fifteen and twenty-foot line on the western wall. Okay. Fifteen uh, down. Yeah, fi sorry, from the north. Yeah, correct. Okay, so, so, and yeah. then it's uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 35 north to south. Yeah, and there is, however, a 10 foot wide passageway that leads directly um, southwards from the middle of the southern wall, ending in a door. Oh, say that again? There's a 10 foot wide passageway yeah. leading from the southern wall in the direct center of the southern wall that ends in a doorway. Um, however, 
the main thing here is that there is a giant suit of armor, much bigger than the ones that are flanking the door to either side of you, that is 12 foot tall, 12 feet tall. Uh-huh. And it has a massive great helm on with the visor down. And on that visor, deeply engraved on it, near where an eye would be, is a teardrop that's been engraved on the visor itself. Like a, like a prison teardrop? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's, it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's very obvious as it's moving around the room. It has a huge greatsword that is sheathed at its side. And the only reason it, it looks like a normal sword compared to like its height, but it is like a, it's a great sword. Um, and it's slowly pacing the room in a mechanical manner. Um, and it's creaking and clanking as it's moving around. The portraits all depict a smirking, ochre-skinned, robed courtier with ant-like antenna in different scenes. So in some, one of them, he's perched on the prow of a rainbow-hued ship. One, he's bathing in an oyster shell. One, he's posing, <laughs> he's posing with a blue hound. Uh, one, he's engaged in a tense game of chess with, fur clad, with a fur-clad human noble woman with dark black hair. Golly. He gets about. Uh, John, at a glance, do, is the moon visible in any of these paintings? No, good question, but no. Hmm. You have Are not there, stepped into the room. I'm just saying what you've actually witnessing here. Is the noble woman familiar to me, a.k.a. my liege? <laughs> uh, it is not Lady Mulbrek. Okay. Uh, there is, let's see... Who would I think it would you be you, Sir Crump? Just because you're kind of tied into like noble machinations and the court sure. life and all that sort of thing. Um, although you've never met her. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this little moment away from you, Sir Crump, and I'm gonna give it to Glance Askew. I apologize. Glance Askew, oh, as a as a as a member of the fairy courts, you actually recognize who the Duke is actually um, playing chess with. As this seems to be a strong resemblance to the sorceress Egraine herself, who is always known, uh, whispered at least, that she trucks more with fairy than she actually does with mortal beings. Which, Friar Gimes, uh, you've also heard these room, room, rumors as well, and you thoroughly disapprove of her actions. Heretic. Heretic. Yep. You're hanging out with an elf right now. That's fine. I'll hold you, you later. <laughs> Fairy trucker. Wow. Okay. I wasn't going to go that far, Matt. We've got a pair of armors, <laughs> mm-hmm. another armor much larger with a sword. 12, 12 feet around. tall. Like, I can't express how giant it is. Yeah. And a ton of portraits on the wall. Uh-huh. No other furniture. Uh, no. Nothing like that. And then a door to the south. <clears throat> A door to the south, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's mechanically like walking, like almost like a video game sentry right. path, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but you guys have not entered the room. Okay. From the doorway, can I say, hail and well met, giant knight of dream? <laughs> it just. It just <laughs> <laughs> Want to arm wrestle? You're <laughs> such a hero. <laughs> uh, it just, it just. I'll step into the door and repeat myself. It it whips around, and it pulls out this great sword, 
and it just runs right towards you. I'm gonna, gr- I'm, I'm gonna grab him by the scruff of the neck if I can and yank him behind me as I do the same. Okay, cool. So when you pull fri- the fryer back, Sir Crump, the um the the huge knight stops and it just is like looking at you. Um, it waits for a second, and then the two uh, statues, uh, the the yeah the the two not the statues the two knights on either side, their glaives actually go shink and they cross over the doorway. And then slowly, still looking at you through its visor, it takes its sword and just goes shh, back into its scabbard. Anything inside the visor that we can see, or is it just darkness? It's just darkness, but you get a good look at that that deep engraving of a tear. And then it slowly um, starts to take up its rounds again. So, gentlemen, I do have a protection from evil spell. Oh, one thing, uh, 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 one more note before you discuss things. Friar, when uh, you got a qu- caught a glimpse, a quick glimpse of the other side of the door when you stepped in and you were before you were yanked back, and on the other side of the door, uh, there is a brass plaque that is shaped like a cauldron, and it looks exactly like the cauldron that was uh, the brass plaque cauldron on the forehead of the cat door. Aha! Gentlemen... I feel like there is a way to bypass this without having to uh, get jiggy with it, I might say. How how say it to you? I bet if we loop around, I bet there's another way through that that southern door. Is that what you were thinking? Um, I was thinking about some way to appease or um, bypass the, the this guy. What what do you mean loop around? Loop around to where? Like what well, are the doors? The lion door in the yeah. First if we room. went through the yeah. Mm. If we yeah. back there went east and then north, maybe it connects. Because we went in through a secret door into that cauldron room, so this right. is maybe the main entrance to the cauldron room. Right. Well, I'm down with that. Um, we could also we try to found this cauldron. Mm-hmm. We really should be looking for the other cauldron. Or the uh, and similarly the other rod, which may also be some kind of key to this. Uh, I, this may have occurred while I was getting the dog, uh, and is a wild thing to ask. But did anyone try to move the cauldron? No. No. Yeah, John, if we if we back up and look at it, it's a good idea. Do the I'm just curious because you mentioned the faces. Do the faces around the cauldron? match the faces around the cauldron uh, that we were entered into outside? Because remember that it one? Is, it does, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that it's like an exact, like each face is exactly like a duplicate, but, it's but the style and everything is, is very, very similar, yes. Yeah. The the other thing I'm curious about is uh, when we first came in, the tapestry in that first room also had like this crying imagery. It was like the moon crying on... I'll have to mm-hmm. look at it again, but um, uh, so this is the second time we've seen like significant like tear symbols. Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, so there's a tapestry that was hung from the ceiling in the center of the room in the entrance hall. Uh, depicts the man and the moon weeping teardrops onto an open eye, um, and the other side of the tapestry depicts him weeping teardrops onto a closed eye. Hmm. Okay. Can we take a break while we think about it? Yeah, absolutely. Good, 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 good point. We should definitely take a break. Uh, okay. We will be right back, folks. 
Okay, we're back. Bladders right. empty, beers full. What do we do? Uh, well, Cr Crump had a good idea of like trying, seeing if the um, cauldron would uh, move or twist or anything. Why don't we? Yeah. Okay. Give it, so give you're, you're going to pull back into the cauldron room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And Crump, you're going to try to move it. I would like to see if it is, uh, yeah, movable. If I can shift it in any way. Yeah. It. So it's it looks like it's made out of like cast iron. Yeah, it's heavy. It's big, so it takes effort, but you can. It does actually scrape along the ground slowly. Um, you're sloshing water over the edge because the water's right at that level, you know. But yeah, it does move very slowly. Um, can I tip it over? Uh, would you like to? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, now I'm just curious. Uh, there's it, no be, rhyme or reason to this other than that I think it'd be really interesting to try. So wait, before you do, before you do it, John, yeah. we've done a couple of things now to lower the water level. Like he's reached inside. We've stuck a couple things in. Did the mm -hmm. water level fill back up to the top? No, it did not. No. Uh, I, I, I'm going to tip it over and spill it out. Okay, so the water spills out everywhere across the ground, underneath the doors, all that sort of stuff. Do we win? Now what's in the cauldron? <laughs> Nothing. It's an empty cauldron. Oh, we, I think we broke it. Ruined it, <laughs> ruined it David. Uh, is there a hose? I pour some of the wine into the cauldron and say, it's fine, it's fine. Um. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, okay. I want to climb in the cauldron uh, and inspect the interior. It looks like the interior of a normal cauldron. You look very much like a very well-dressed scullery maid. All right. I don't think the Duke is going to be happy. Oh, he might be. Maybe he was mad that his cauldron was full of water. <laughs> yeah. Now what do you do? Who, let's let's um, uh, I say I say we back out and try one of the other doors. Yeah. Am I am I foolish or shall we do this? No, I uh, think I think uh, well we have to traverse the utensils in the kitchen. Uh. Um, I'm gonna go on my belly. I, I'm gonna do it, so, but I'm gonna go on my belly through the kitchen. I already tried you that. Hear, you're on the okay. edges of the room. What, why? What happened to you? I got hit. Oh, I, I think so if we're gonna you, head back. We should uh, uh, try the uh, drunk cat thesis. Yeah, good out. idea. Grab a couple bottles of fairy wine. Like, grab, yeah, an armful of cheap wine and just see if it'll do anything to this this cap. All right, so you guys are about to head back through the southern door back into the wine cellar. Uh, beyond the eastern door, you hear the clanking of the 12-foot-tall guardian thing stop. And you hear a familiar voice beyond the door say, I sense a disturbance... Is something happening? Ooh, we better get out of here. Hide behind the, the tapestry on the south. Move your glaves aside. Oh, uh, hustle, 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 John. As yeah, quick I'm as getting out of here. Back into the kitchen room. Nipe, 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 nipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, as you hustle back up the stairs into the kitchen room, you can hear behind you, you hear, what is this? Who has to face the cauldron of places? <gasps> it oh. must be that group that was wandering about. I shall find them. I shall find them and I shall rend them. Peace, uh -oh. peace for daring <laughs> to blaspheme against the Duke who cherishes dreams. How could they destroy such a wonder? He Where are you, my friends? Wall. I shall find you and destroy you. Um, <clears throat> I get my mace out. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and, I, I, and I say out loud, um, a lord who steals the dreams of others deserves none himself. Oh, no. You have no <laughs> honor. <laughs> you hear uh, an explosion of breaking glass coming from the wine cellar below as you hear wood break and uh, hundreds of bottles of wine simultaneously break. Uh, and the once again, you're in the kitchen, so the utensils are all flying around and everything like that. And you hear something massive in clog coming up the steps. While this is happening, can I fully chug the remainder of that really rare vintage wine? <laughs> That's all you've got at this point. Sure. Uh, if you're drinking it very fast now, and rapidly, make it, make it make it con check with a uh, with a minus two penalty. Our only hope, guys, is to make sure that he doesn't see us with David, who's stinking drunk. Oh, and I hope failed. That he that thought one. David was rogue. Okay, uh, I'm moving you straight up past drunk and into groggy. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, so this is it. You're um, da, 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 you're gonna roll me a d4. <laughs> d4 auto death. Let's see. Okay, that's a one. A one. Okay, so you're gonna gain one hit point. <laughs> yeah, that I is do. that is temporary, and you can even go beyond what you normally have. So you you gain an extra hit point. Um, however, uh, you also uh, you're going to suffer, Jesus. Okay, so you're now at a total of minus four to attack rolls, and oh. you are minus three to saving throws. Nice. Um, okay. Can I, if you can get I any also, more drunk, you, if, you, if you get any more drunk, I'm just telling you, you will pass out. Okay, that's good to know. Um, a key feature of you um, describing my getting drunk was that I... Uh, uh, found sublime joy out of uh, debate with others, and I'm going to challenge this man to a duel of wits as he runs up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> a duel of wits. Uh, okay. What are the rest right. of you guys doing? Well, uh, Sir Crump holds his ground. We're going to try and... I, I know I am going to try and bail completely out of the kitchen back to the, the caterpillar room. This okay. might be a good opportunity for y'all to use the distraction for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay. So uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm I'm on that train as well. Mm, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's sorry, see. Um, all of you guys uh, have a chance. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, Crump. Nipe, nipe, nipe. Off I go. Okay. So everyone's backing out through the southern door in the kitchen. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So hold on. Uh, one. Oh, Glance Skew. Okay, so Glance Skew, you're the only one who has a chance of being idly thwacked. So let's see if you Why get me? idly thwacked. 
What did uh, I do to you? Oh, I rolled a nat 20, so you get thwacked. You're going to take one point of damage, glances, glances skew. Uh, I'm half dead with ladlery. <laughs> <laughs> your okay. one weakness <laughs> the rest of you are able to backtrack out of the room into the uh dining uh, uh hall now here peace reigns basically as you enter into this here and the the, uh, the food is there the caterpillars that well, th- those that remain are still s- sitting there eating and they slowly look around you can kind of hear them purring with their orange and gr- uh, green fur um, and they just, the same way that when you came in from the other direction, they kind of look in the, that direction and they're just like, and they go back to leaning down and eating. Meanwhile, Sir Wello races up the wine cellar stairs into the kitchen where Sir Crump is facing him, basically just tottering around, <laughs> like, barely holding his ground. You are, you are oh, muted, muted, Sir Crump. Every chivalrous noble uh, knows that a, a, a code must be observed in our deeds, <laughs> and therefore you must beat me in in words. Not force. <laughs> so he's barreling up, and you can see his face is like uh, it's changed completely from that refined sure. sort of gentleman with like a with a mane around him into like a, a fearsome rictus of of uh, snarling. Um, uh, yes. you know. Yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, and he comes up, and he's like, "You speak to me of a code." You mean the code that says while in a fairy lord's domain that you harm it not and you decide to spill over deliberately the cauldron of places? Oh, that was your I should have you night. quartered <laughs> and fed to my caterpillars in seven I, pieces. I had the noble uh, 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 goal, as any knight of my kind would, of freeing the dreams that you have captured from those who did not give them willingly. Did you, you know your lord what you do has not dreams know. that are not his own? He steals <laughs> nothing. The dreams are his domain. They are his. He treasures them and keeps them, and you have scattered them about the floor, destroyed them. The riches that could have been yours And you, you, sir, are no knight. You are a drunk. (laughs) Fair point. Very true. (laughs) I shall slap you into sobriety. (laughs) I love it. And one raised claw comes high above its head, ready to come down on you. All right. Um. Uh, I, I think this, this calls for initiative, I believe. <gasps> uh, you are David in melee with it. Uh, so great initiative in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Would you care to uh, declare a full retreat? <laughs> no. I don't retreat. And you do that if you're drunk. You are, I would, ne- you I would never n- retreat. Let's, let's, let's remind ourselves of the Code of Chivalry. Honor in all deeds. Death before dishonor. <laughs> Seek glory in battle, especially single combat. <laughs> well, this that, is the founding principle of my being. <laughs> okay, I uh, rolled a four. All right, let me roll instead of chit-chatting. Ahead, I suspect your your death may come after your dishonor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's, he's, he's already winning. 
Oh, nice. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to thwack upon one of his legs uh, mightily. Uh, oh, okay. That's my plan. <laughs> I was a manticore before and, I took a mace <laughs> to the knee. <laughs> uh, is he chaotic by chance? Because my moon sign gives me a bonus against chaotic fey. Uh, I don't believe so. But let me check. Da, 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 I would da, guess da, da, not. Da. If he's complaining, it is, it is not. Unfortunately, guess, sorry. No water on his floor. Yeah. Sure, for sure, for sure. We call him the. He has the pe- the pedant alignment. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> okay, so it's your turn. What do you do? I attack. I attack. Okay, it has an AC of 15. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <coughs> Ooh, I... <laughs> I sort of What'd stumble about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also yeah. have a negative five to attack right now. Negative four Does to he attack. Hit? Does, did no. he hit? He did no. not hit. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you, you uh, attempt to swing wildly at it with a base, and it just, it, it just looks disdainfully at you as it swats you with um uh with a paw uh to try to sober you up what's your ac <laughs> you are you're muted david i have an ac of 17 17 mm-hmm. okay it still managed to hit you quite all right okay you're gonna take one point of damage mm. And he, he slaps you across the face. You, know, you notice that he deliberately did not use his rending claws against you. It really did look like he was just trying to knock some sense into you. Um, that was the temporary drunk hit point. So it might have actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think drunk as I am, I would I would uh, recognize this this gesture and, and say, uh, perhaps I have been mistaken. You show honor even when you are the better. Uh, uh, by not uh, flaying me immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, uh, And I'll I'll get down on a knee and say, uh, uh, were it your demand, I would uh, uh, happily clean your cauldron and refill it with uh, dream water. Just let me know where to find the other dream water and I can get it and fill it for you. You know what I mean? That is the least you can do, Sir Wolder. Well, behind you, you are in a kitchen, after all. You are no better than a scullery maid, so grab a ewer. I love it. (laughs) Fill it up, write the cauldron, and make it right. You have exactly, if we were playing a game, I give you exactly two turns to get this done (laughs) before I get extremely angry. I will do. I will do. If you think this is me angry, you would be mistaken, Sir Crump. Look at me. Focus on me. I I try my best because I'm I'm cross-eyed at this point. Yeah. How many manticores does he see? Yeah. yeah. As, As he's kind of impressing upon you the need for this, like you see like his, uh, his spiked tail curl around oh, right? alien and, style. <laughs> and it sort of shakes a little bit like a rattlesnake like to show how perturbed he is and he says i promise you and his voice gets really low i will tear you into seven pieces and feed you each of those pieces to one of my caterpillars and you will be aware of it the entire time 
creative. That lateral thinking works real well in the world of dreams, doesn't it, my friend? <laughs> it really does. Uh, Personal job. Glad to skew at this point, having been listening at the door, mm-hmm. would uh, poke his head around the corner and say, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Begging your pardon, sir, but uh, may we be permitted to help him? <laughs> <laughs> he he <laughs> glares over at you and he says, "You're back at Sir Crump," and he's like, "You are lucky to have such honorable friends." He does get terribly frisky when drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of weighs a paw. At, 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 he he kind of puts like one paw on Sir Crump. Just kind of like holding him there. Not you're not technically like mechanically grappled or anything, but he, you know he has like one paw on you, and he he gestures with the other ones. He's like, "You come back in, bring your friends." Um, All right. As, I'll, as I'll he's doing this, I'm going to kind of lean in a little bit and say, uh, "You uh, uh, bashfully, you uh, wouldn't be happening to lo- be looking for a uh, squire, would you?" <laughs> <laughs> He looks at you and his eyes widen. I feel like we understand each other. (laughs) His eyes widen in disbelief and then he slowly smiles and he's like, I have rarely seen such a pair on a mortal being. I I must commend you, Sir Walder, for you are the brave, either the bravest or the stupidest man that I have yet to encounter. Why not both? (laughs) He says, I appeal to the rest of you to take care of this man. And perhaps the very first thing you should do with the water is to sober him up. (laughs) And the very next thing you do is to make it right what you have uh, very much uh, uh, wronged me here. I feel that I have been most forgiving of this particular mortal's actions to this point. I shall no longer be so forgiving. You know what a situation like this usually calls for. Um, a long joke. It is it. Uh, you I say my reputation proceeds me. <laughs> and then we all move on. Start hauling water down the my stairs. Person, my personal he, objective. Go ahead, sir. He's going to start tuning his violin. Um, uh, oh, and he's to, like, ah, that's right. You're mm-hmm. a musician. You must come visit me down below. Maybe he um, can such wondrous inserts. Yeah, while we fill the fill the cauldron. Yeah, where um, I will. That this. person is not invited to our private concert. Yeah, he's um, well. You know, every group has one like this. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he'll. So he'll long story short, are, are you going to obey his instructions, or um, he, yes. he doesn't appear to like be preventing you from going anywhere. So uh-huh. if you don't want to do that, you you don't know what might happen. No, so there's some water in the kitchen and in buckets and I'll start hauling water. And while while all Germans carry. Yeah. While I'm while I'm playing, I will ask him um I won't do it because it will take forever. But he will ask him like, you know, I, I would love to come down and, and play for you. Uh, we tried to go through the the door with the knight that you seem to come through, but it's very dangerous. He tried to kill us. Is there a safe way that I can come join you? Indeed there is, of course. If you enter through the door in the entrance chamber, 
Uh, let me consult my map really quickly. Uh, the lion door. That hey. has the smiling brass lion face. You should find me directly. Uh, of course, I do have to maintain order in the halls, and so I may not be in residence, as it were, depending on when you choose to visit, but... My home is open to all who seek peace and harmony within the cauldron. This is uh, very apt. Uh, yes, this is what I uh, is what I live for. And you, Sir Wilder, sober up, behave. I am not your father. And I hear you. I know, and I hear you. And 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 of course, but you do remind me of him a bit. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, I want you to consider the squire thing, you know, maybe in the future. <laughs> he just Please. sort of that paw that was on you, he sort of just like pat you on the head. He's like, oh, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> I'm sure right. someday you'll be a worthy knight. And he sort of rolls his eyes and then he tucks it. <laughs> He, he kind of whirls around, shakes his tail, spikes at all of you, and uh, descends the stairs back down into the wine cellar. I'll follow him with a bucket of water. Okay. Keep, keep going um, he, as you follow with a bucket of water, you he kind of gives you a significant look, glances skew, like raises one eyebrow, and sort of like looks over your shoulder at like all of your companions, like, doesn't it suck that we fairies have to deal with these fucking mortals, basically, is the, <laughs> is the, is the look he's giving you. Oh, um, so he's a then, racist manticore. Fine. <laughs> and then he, he moves through the eastern door. Um, you hear uh, his voice mumble something quietly beyond that door as you're refilling, as you're up, uh, bring Ooh. the cauldron upright and start pouring water, and you hear the clanking guardian uh, commence his rounds once again. If, oh, can I talk to him before he leaves, though? Sure. Uh, so as I pouring the bucket in i just you know so the dreams aren't in the water i can just put more water in or how do the Fill dreams up the, come out how do the dreams go in it's just the, water don't you worry about it glance askew just fill the cauldron back up and all will be well what if we so, just asked oh, him for okay. the red cap dream <laughs> he already did in the beginning Oh, we did. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, John, uh, when he goes into the armor um, patrol room, I just want to see if he gives him like a sign or like, you know, presses a button or is he just walk through like a Billy Badass? Well, he, yeah, he like said that, something. Like he said something. He, he, Could we hear what yeah, he said? He talks to him and the Guardian uh, picks up his rounds again. The Guardian he, knows who he is. Yeah. And then he, he moves out of your view. No, it's not, it doesn't sound like a command word, right? It's just like, hey, Bob, how you doing? Something like that. He can't hear what he says. It's quiet. And it's in the other room. You're not even in that room. Oh, I was following with a bucket of, wa bucket of water to like the yeah. cauldron room. So I just kind of yeah. But to he's help. in he's in the other room with the with the guardian stat. Uh, okay. You see him? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. I was just thinking yep. I could kind of follow him down that hallway a little bit, like behind him, and then as soon as you can't see him, run in there and, or run to the doorway and see if I can see what he does. Does that make it, sense? It, so you're okay. Let me first of all let me show the people. So. He's retreating. Uh, you see my pointer? Yep. He's retreating like this, and he goes into here. Mm -hmm. uh, glances key was falling with a bucket of water. And then he, uh, right at this door, is where he turns around and gives glances key that look. Uh huh. Then he moves right. into this room, shuts the door, and you could hear him say, Oh, something. he shuts the door. Okay. That was yeah. the part that I didn't get before. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Doors. I, I probably didn't measure that. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, anyways, you hear the clanking happen. So um, in the meantime, do you do you fill the card yeah. cauldron? We fill yeah. the cauldron. Yes. I will conserve lantern oil, John. Whenever we're in rooms that have light, if that's okay. Uh, that's fine. Yep. Yeah. I guess my torch is probably burned out at this point, then, huh? Uh, would it be? Yeah. Yes, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Would it? Uh, I forgot to mark it down. You probably have like one more turn on it. Okay. Okay, so yeah, okay, give me one second. Da, da, da. Okay. So I don't know however long it takes to refill the cauldron, we should definitely do that. Right. Uh, and then we gotta figure out how to get dreams out of this thing. Uh, no, yeah, so you're refilling the cauldrons. Yeah. So the um as you're refilling the cauldron in the room. Uh, something interesting happens. Ah, that's there. Yeah. So the um, as you're as you're refilling it, the water is kind of filling back up. It doesn't appear to be anything but water at this point, right? As you're, it's, it's right. basically taking like two turns to fill everything up as you're going back and forth between the kitchen and here, through the wine cellar and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can uh uh see at one point where you're in the midst of filling up the cauldron that the northern tapestry actually starts to change a little bit and you see the duke who cherishes dreams animate i pull i pulled that down <laughs> oh you pulled it down I remember sorry. yeah we i i loosened the threads so okay so we'll say it's the um well, the southern one then the uh the purple wolves uh, drinking the wine okay yeah they um they actually animate themselves and in the table that they're all sitting around like that poker table sort of thing, the table itself uh, turns and you see like an image starts to appear on the table and it shows what appears to be uh, an exact depiction of the entrance hall itself that you entered into. Huh. So it shows like a circular uh, golden tiled floor with a dome ceiling with wooden beams, the wooden hat stand, Right, the golden glow in the room itself, and the um, the tapestry that hangs in the center. Is there any figures in that room, John? Like, is it is it like almost like a moving picture where you see somebody walking through the room or something like that? No, no, it, it appears to be static. Oh, is my hat still there? I put my hat on the hat rack. Your hat is still there. Yeah, okay. well, that's good. It right. So this this picture changed when we added water to the cauldron. Uh, yeah, not like not like the moment that water touched the cauldron that it just changed, right. but it's like over the course of the two turns that you're lugging this water back and forth, that picture slowly takes shape on the tapestry. You have a feeling it probably um, was happening for a while, probably over the course of this job that you've been doing, but you only noticed it when it, when it became noticeable to the human eye, right? Um, uh, oh. In the meantime, though, after two turns are done, the cauldron has been righted and filled. And once it reaches the lip again, you see the vaulted chamber with the two chests of gold with the house gillifer signs once again manifest in the top. Um, John, I'm going to unfold the tapestry with the um, uh, that I had folded up previously. I want to see if is, if that one has changed also. That has not changed. Okay. Um, so... Let's test and see if the pewter stick causes it to change the image to change again, or if that was just a coincidence. 
Do you want to try that? Yeah. So it does. Yeah. It changes into the exact same thing. The next thing that you saw, which was the study with the three scrolls on the desk. So maybe keep stirring or probably, you know, whatever it took with the pewter to get it to change. You want to stir again? Yeah. Okay. So you stir one more time and it changes again this time. Once again, it's an interior room. It's a chapel this time. And there's an altar in the chapel. And on that altar, there are three vials. All right. I wonder uh, if the uh, the pewter rod is like the selector and the copper rod is like the enter. John, I'm going to go head first into the cauldron. <laughs> Great. I'm going I'm to go more extreme than what Glanceskew did. And I'm going to try and reach for those holy vials, which must be powerful magical artifacts of my God, and try and get them. Okay, are you literally putting your entire body in, or are you just sort of like waist high, like diving in, like like you know dipping your top into your body? I'm gonna try and see if it's kind of like the cauldron that when we first came in. Like if I end up hitting the ground, hitting the bottom of the cauldron, then obviously I won't go any further, right? But I'm gonna try and go all the way in. Okay, all right. So uh, I just mean like, are you like lifting one leg over than the other and sort of lowering yourself that way, or are you going head first into the cauldron? That's what head I'm asking. first. Head first. Okay. So you you. You see Friar with his his monk <laughs> just just dive right in, um, and you hear like a you hear like a dunk, and you see his little sandaled feet like just twitch for a second. <laughs> and he he sputters he sputters out completely sopping wet, and can confirm that uh, there he has not entered a chapel. <laughs> Does the bottom edge of his like little brown Friar robe like? <laughs> My breech cloud is dirty. Yeah. Oh. So his, his little, his little huh. tonsor is, is shining brightly and wet with wetness now. Yeah. We definitely need the copper rod. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's well, go. Let's go. It's right confirmed. Here. Wait, why don't we keep, why don't we keep stirring? Maybe we'll see it. Yeah. Good idea. Maybe the moon will come up. Very good point. Stir it again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you start again, it changes again. This time it's a bedchamber, and there is an open jewelry box on the nightstand next to the bed. And you can see that it is spilling over with, uh, silver and garnet necklaces glimmering in the light. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to uh -huh. close my eyes, reach in and see if I can grab the jewelry box. You are just uh, just as wet as you are currently. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to change out of my monk's habit into my smoking jacket and pants. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'll definitely take a turn, but we'll say that we're wrapping it. We'll we'll include it in the turn that it's taking to do all this stirring. Do okay. you continue stirring? Yeah, let's let's see if it loops around. Okay. So yeah, you continue stirring until you 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 think you might come back around or something like that. So it changes again. This time it's an armory with racks of swords and spears, and plus there is a um, uh, there's a yeah racks of swords and spears, and hanging from the side of the rack is a quiver, and in that quiver there are arrows, but the arrows appear to be made of sheer sunlight. Like Ooh. beams of sunlight. You got to figure this out, man. We got to go find the other rod, dude. We got to go find the other rod. It's the cauldron of places, and it's filled all with riches. It's showing you all these different places. places. I know, but it's full of rich places. 
Well, you know what, Ted? You you totally called it. I made a mistake. It is the cauldron of riches. My mistake. My mistake. Darn old manticore. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, it's the cauldron of riches. The um, and so there's one more room as you stir before indeed it does go back to the vault. Okay. But there is one more. Okay, and this last one depicts a ship's cabin. Oh. There is a rolled map and a pot of paint on the table. Okay. That's the, uh, one. the edge of the map that you can see hasn't quite rolled up. You do see that it appears to be part of a sphere of some sort, a circle of some sort has been drawn on the edge of the map. I think, I think that's it. Remember the uh, guy who hired us had taken a galleon to uh to the moon to do his mapping so right indeed okay that's a great sign so we found a moon map and we need to just find a rod and um it's, we can do this yeah so yeah, that all took a turn that. and now um now you turn around and you see the very wet friar Gimes has dried himself <laughs> off and he's now looking like hugh hefner <laughs> That's All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting look. Uh, meanwhile, Sir Crump is still tottering around, uh, barely conscious. <laughs> Having the time of my life. Yeah, Useless <laughs> at filling up the cauldron, by the way. Every oh, time he yeah, fills up a no. ewer, he just spills half of it. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will offer him a delightful treat with my glamour. Perhaps it Sir will. Sir Crump, you... Your, through your hazy vision, you are sure that Glanceski was treating you like a dog. <laughs> 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 Holding it out like a treat for you as if you at his becking call. You're well, positive this is the way the correct interpretation of what he's doing. Yes, it's true, <laughs> but it, it's a it's a moon pie that I'm offering you. So oh. you know. Oh. You, know oh. You, you you be the judge. Well, I also uh, hate moon pies. It's a no casual fact. elf humiliation for a moon pie, or no? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's move, do? dudes. Look, door, yeah. door, new door, new door. Let's get defeated new by doors. another door. And can I make a suggestion that we either go to the western door in the caterpillar room, or we go to the boar yeah. door, not <laughs> the lion door? <laughs> You don't want to go see the uh, Manticore again? Uh, that's fine. No, I, I feel uh, like more is where dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's it's it's the closest one. Let's try the one that's in the the western end of that uh, the caterpillar. That's what I was thinking. So it's it's okay. just right there. So I you're about that. Okay, I'm going to call it a turn to uh, unless you want to just whip back to there. Yeah, let's there's no traps. So let's just go. You just want to go. Okay, so we won't call it a turn. So you get back to there, and um, once again, this appears to be a arched door, and the door is pa- painted with purple lacquer, sim- similar to the other doors that you've been through. Okay. Why don't we give a listen? Because last time there was a guy. I'll, I'll okay. So, sure, go ahead and roll. Uh, target six, unless you have some sort of benefit. I have, uh, I have the ears of an elf, and I what can hear them taking is. the hobbits to Isengard. Yes, I do hear. Ah, excellent. Roll to five. Sound of many horsemen approaching. Indeed. Uh, you do actually hear something. And what you hear is, uh, you, it takes you back for a second, but hey, everything is strange in this in this uh, 
weird little pocket dimension. And so you just take it in stride, glance, and skew as what you're positive, what you hear from beyond that door is a deep and languid snoring. It's like a long, you know. Um, that's probably Meanwhile, it, it, it jives perfectly with the, the, the contented purring and uh, low munching <laughs> of the caterpillars around you as they're all sort of looking at you and wondering where you're, what you're about to do. While, while he's listening at the door, just real quick, I'll just walk around to the cats and uh, pluck little pieces of parsley off of my chest hair and uh, decorate their plates. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. That was one of the most obscene uh, sequences of words. I I almost I almost heart ejected out of the entire session. (laughs) So the parsley actually does uh, sober. It does stand out on the plates because it uh, it's a dull in color, right? But it is the sharpest thing on the plates, and uh, similar to what most people do with parsley, they use their mouths to sort of pick it up. And they set it aside. (laughs) (laughs) And they continue to eat. It is uh, what we call a garnish. (laughs) Garnish, yeah. Chest hair garnish. All right, so that's what you hear, Glance Askew, on the other side of that door. Um, Does the door have a plaque on it like the other doors we've seen? Any little brass plaque at all? Uh, No, it does not. Is it? I'll open the door. Quietly, but I'll open the door. Okay. You open the door. It is not locked, um, and it opens up into darkness, first of all. Um, it is not ambiently lit beyond, and it opens up into a 10-foot-wide passageway that leads directly west for 15 feet before opening up into a larger room. But you would need light. I reignite my lantern. Okay, got the lantern on. Very good. Um did you have it on the entire time, Friar? No, uh, I, I told you I wanted to save the oil when we were in lit rooms. Right. So I would turn it, just turn it off. So okay. the whole time that we were filling the cauldron and all the rest of that, I don't think I needed it. I think I only needed it for the staircase and the cellar area. Okay, so right. I'm going to call, like, you've used three turns. Does that sound fair? Because I haven't marked it Sounds otherwise. More than fair, John. Okay, one, two, three, four, minus three. Okay, got it. This is Jimes Lantern. Got it. Matt, okay. can you pull another flask of oil out of Laryl's sack? Uh, yes, I can. It is waiting for you in Arden Pool. <laughs> Wrong campaign. <laughs> can you imagine we go through a door and we end up in the debouche room? That'd be metal. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anywhere where you would accidentally be transferred to Ar- to Arden Vool world, it would be Dolmenwood. Um, I wish anyways. you hadn't said that on camera because that would have been a really fun little segue we could do as a, as a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, so true, right? And immediately have them killed by goblins, mind you. I've, <laughs> ruined, it. Oh. I've ruined it. It okay. would have been great. Did you say 15 feet long and 10 feet wide, John? That's correct, yes. And it opens okay. up into a larger chamber. Now, Father Giants comes from behind you, glances skew, and illuminates what he sees beyond there. And uh, uh, without stepping into the room itself, Let's see, what, what would you see? <clears throat> well, it's a little hard to say because it is quite of a big room. Okay, what it illuminates beyond uh, Friar Gimes and, and Glance Askew is uh, a, a room that is carpeted. The entire thing is carpeted with a very thick maroon carpet, like a high pile, 
right? Is that what you would call like a you know, like a shag? Really th- yeah, like a shag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maroon, right? And you can see off in the like at the edge of your torchlight against the western wall, uh, Friar. You see at least uh, one very plush silk canopied bed. How, how okay. far is that western wall? Uh, the f- western wall is. Let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 feet to the west, uh, uh, you know, uh, past the past the quarter that enters into the room. So we're at the edge of the torchlight. Okay. So and you can see that the you can see that the room kind of expands to the north and south as well. But because the lantern is sort of focused down the hallway, it does. I can't really tell you more. Okay. Right, um, but the, the, the western wall is here. 30, th- 30 feet. So double that. Five feet squares. Oh, Okay, so are we... Are You're at the edge of that of, corridor. We're Mike. at the end of the corridor. We entered the corridor. Yeah, like 30 feet away from that. Okay. Okay. So um, there is... You can see that around the bed frame, at the lower part of the bed frame, there appears to be some sort of inscription that you can't quite make out. And right. you can definitely hear, much louder now, you can hear snoring. It's a long, low snoring, but you don't see where the source of it is. There's it no like, lump sort of, in the bed. There isn't, and it and once again, this is a um, a silk canopy bed, so you can, actually can't see the bed top. You can kind of see the outline of it through the sheerness of the silk drapes from the canopy. Oh, it's got like side curtains. Yeah, ah, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, and it's illuminated by the lantern light at the very edge of it, right? Um, but you can't really tell what the contents of the bed are. And the snoring appears to be ambient. Like you can kind of hear it in the room in general. And I'm sorry, one more time. How big is the bed? It's a normal human-sized bed. Okay. It's not like a monster bed, like a giant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. It's just a canopy. So it's like really luxurious and big. Okay. Uh, I want to take my staff. I have a staff. I'm going to poke the carpet real quick and make sure it doesn't try to eat me or the staff. Nope, it appears to be normal. Okay. I'm going to creep towards the bed and and kind of throw a disparaging look at the drunk goat man so that he stops bleeding. Stops bleeding? (laughs) With a a teeth. Okay, so (laughs) when you approach the bed, Friar, you can uh, get the full dimensions of the room. So this is a very, uh, very large room, um, about the size of the dining room, actually. So it's it's 30 feet east to west, as you already know, and it's 55 feet north to south, so 11 squares total. And you are entering in uh, straddling, uh, well, the, the, the southern end of that corridor, Ted, is 10 feet from the south. Oh, okay. So two squares from the south, right? Okay, but the total the total north south distance is eleven squares, so fifty five feet. There is also <coughs> a, a ten foot wide passageway that leads directly southwards from the middle of the southern wall. And it is a, it is an archway, and there is a, another passageway that leads um, northwards, directly in the center of the northern wall. That is also an archway. However, on that archway. There is a inscription above the archway that you probably have to get a little bit closer to read. The room itself is, like I said, the entire 55-foot uh, length of it is all covered in this maroon carpeting. But there are five what appear to be identical beds lined up in the midst of the room, all canopied, all silk drapes. 
It all appeared to have inscriptions on them. And then as you notice, Friar, you can see that the only difference between the beds is that the inscriptions appear to be different. Okay. Understand? Yep, I do. Can I creep to the nearest one and gently part the curtains and look and see what's inside there? There is no body in the bed, yet you can still hear the snoring everywhere. Um, the bed appears to be made, looks lovely and soft feathers, um, and uh, you feel like a pull that it's just, it looks so comfortable and so peaceful. And with that sort of ASMR like snoring going on, you know, it's just, oh, all you want to do is just lie down and go to sleep. I, I really wish I would have that way about my snoring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's right. a very kind of calming, you know, yeah. in, in and I, out, in and out. I'm going to lay down in the bed. Hell okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Friar, as you climb into bed, it just feels absolutely wonderful. And uh, almost immediately you conk out into a deep, deep enchanted slumber. And then I get eaten by the mimic bed. I understand. <laughs> Uh, one second, please. I'm just rolling a die on screen. Don't worry about it. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. So you guys all see Friar Gimes climb into bed and just it very inappropriately fall asleep. Ha. Huh. You know who needs a nap? Drunks. Drunks need a nap. <laughs> I, I, listen, you didn't even... Before that, that thought even crossed your character's mind. I, I was like, he's on it. Touching, like ass was touching mattress. <laughs> right? Like you don't even know how I got by you. It was, it was so, it was so swift. Um, having said that, John, uh, uh, I know there's like a general allure to sleep, but uh, do I feel particularly drawn to one bed over another? Uh, no, not particularly. But the, the only difference between the beds it appears to be the inscriptions, the inscriptions. which Friar Giles did not bother to read before. I'm, I'm curious about I'm, the one over his I'm bed. Yeah. To, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the one over Friar Giles, and then I'm going to go read another one and, and sleep in the, the other bed. So Okay, so Friar Giles' bed, uh, the inscription says, and it is in Woldish, says, the pen is not always mightier. Okay. And True. The, the bed next to Friar Gimes, the one that you're eyeing, Sir Crump, um, as you tr attempt to focus on it, takes a little while, um, says, friend to the tongue, foe to the eyes. All right, so we are... Uh, it looks so comfy, Sir Crump. Oh, no, I mean, I'm... I'm listen, name a better friend, foe... Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I get in the bed and I <laughs> I pass out. I, I you do. Uh, you I fall into you. A, a deep slumber. Don't worry about what I roll here. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you are asleep. Asleep. Can someone try oh. dragging me out of the bed and see if it wakes me up? Um. I'm going to dip his hand in warm water first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My smoking jacket and pants, dude. Oh, I don't want to ruin that. I don't want to ruin yeah. that. Yeah, let's... Uh, well, let's I, I, I don't want to interrupt his nap. He seems like he let's really needs the rest it. of the beds, then we'll... Uh... Yeah, that's, what, are the, what do the other beds say, John? Okay, so if you... The two of you who are awake and actually being responsible... <laughs> look, 
<laughs> look at the beds. Although you you also feel the pull. It's just a, like a lovely room, you know. All the sounds dampened because of the maroon carpeting, you know. You know, right, it's right. quite quite lovely. Um, the uh, the other beds say loyal if you're lucky, and another one another one says even pigs may fly, and the fifth and last bed says finest spirits, teardrops, and dreams. Oh, teardrops. That's a recurring theme in here. Yeah. All right. I don't know what to do. I also do not uh, know what to do. So <laughs> I guess it's weird. There's also, the, there's also the inscription on the archway leading northward, which you haven't yeah, looked at yet. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah what does that say? Uh, so that says above it, it says, Tears of wakefulness and dream, trusty red and tricksy green. Getting a strong impression from my dear uh, uh, goat friend, uh, uh, Doctor Freud, that uh, our our Duke is going through a major depression episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sleeping away his days. <laughs> so, as you guys have uh, uh, the glances, you and Grima have searched the rest of the beds and read them and checked out the inscription. Uh, a turn passes, and after that turn, Crump. You wake up, ah, so refreshed, your mind clear, sober, absence of headaches. Amazing. It's fantastic. And you remember a very vivid dream as your hoofed feet hit the floor um, and you stretch. You remember you being in a, a field with beautiful women who were picking out from the ground onions and putting them in baskets and lo and behold not no no sooner do you recall this wonderful dream that you were having that when you part the curtains and sh show yourself to your friends manifesting in your hands all of a sudden is a basket of fresh onions Ooh. a friend of the tongue a foe to the eyes. Ah, onions. I take a hearty bite out of one. Um, it, uh, it, it tastes delicious. Is it a dream onion or a real onion? Unfortunately, it is a dream onion. Mm. Alas. Okay. So, uh, what do you do? He didn't roll a guy for me, guys. He did. He did. Oh, he he did. did. You just you just have lame dreams, dude. Sorry. This will probably be the last action of the night because we got to wrap things up. So, what's your what's your plan here? Um, wait, wait for me to wake up. Okay. You, you want me to try to wake you up? I'll go and try. Oh, to... No, wait for me to wake up because uh, I'm in I'm in a bed that says um, sometimes mightier than the pen, which means it's going to be a giant, you know, massive plus 15 sword <laughs> <laughs> that's that's appropriate and there, there's no inscription on the on the archway to the south right? there's not actually no okay uh right. and arch everyone sings lullabies yeah. trying until i wake up how long is that what you guys do Mike uh, can push you all you want, but Mike's asleep. Well, Ted's asleep for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. I know. Come so tell me bro. what you do. Do you? Let, yeah, let's just uh, let's uh, give it another like uh, turn or two. I'll I'll peek into that hallway to the north and see where it leads while he's okay. until while we're waiting for him to wake up. Okay, cool. So that's perfect. So um, 
we'll call it uh, right there and we'll explain what kind of so what you see beyond that archway grimo first of all is a 10 foot wide passageway that leads directly north for another 10 feet so it's like a 10 foot squared uh ted and it seems to open up into uh, a circular chamber that is 30 feet in dia diameter just like all the other circular chambers that you've been in it is unlit um and all i'm going to say is uh before because uh, we'll pick it up next time but the first thing you notice in that room in the darkness is that there is a checkerboard floor with two foot squares and those squares alternate red and green. Ah. And after you take the time to try to check that out, you can hear Friar Jimes bolt out of bed, fully awake and peering ready for battle as Friar Gimes has had a very vivid and enjoyable dream of kicking ass and taking names in a, in a great battlefield where he was swinging his sword around and lopping off heads uh, like nobody's business. You feel slightly ashamed, Friar Gimes, as you recall the dream about how much you reveled in violence and bloodshed. However, as you uh, start to do your ablutions and uh, asking for forgiveness from God, a sword appears in your hand. Well made, sturdy, but dreamlike. Far Plus out. 15? Plus 15? No. <laughs> uh, I hand it to my Bregle friend and say, uh, this probably looked better on you. I, God, <laughs> God made me a man of peace. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, friend. I trust that this will be useful for as long as we remain uh, here. <laughs> so it feels solid in your hand, right? But you can definitely tell because you're, you're kind of attuned to it now that this is definitely a, a, uh, a blade of dream. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so just be aware. So, uh, mark it on your market for your encumbrance, but mark that it's a, a dream blade. Okay. In, in my yeah. dream, Sir Bregel, it was named Codwalloper. Codwalloper. I love it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that that was great. A lot of fun, lot lot of fun to be had, guys. Yeah. Uh, so we'll call it a night, and we'll pick it up from there. As perhaps they investigate to the north to see what that checkerboard floor is all about, or perhaps they'll take another nap. <laughs> I need one. That was a productive nap. I don't care what you get. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that was a lot of fun. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and watching. Please don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Pay no attention to Mike's gigantic face. Uh, <laughs> also, don't forget that we have a brand new Patreon going on. You should definitely uh, sign up for that. Lots of cool benefits. And uh, definitely check out our publication, our first publication for 3D6 DTL called Feats of Exploration, available on DriveThruRPG and itch.io. There will be links down below, as well as links to find out all you could ever want to know about the upcoming release of the Dolmenwood TTRPG. Um, lastly, I, uh, David has something he wants to say. I was just going to say, Ted also just wrote a lovely blog post on our blog, which I recommend everyone go read. Absolutely. Um, and, and discuss on that Patreon. Because Ted, if Ted knows anything, Ted knows shit about shields. And so go read about shields. Uh, <laughs> Lastly, I want to thank all of our Delvers and Conqueror uh, patron members. And uh, as promised, I want to thank the following Conqueror, the highest level of our patrons. Real quick, going down the line, thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Thank you to Adam the DM, Andrew Schroker, Dire Grew, Grunt, 
Jib Cutter, M.M., Mech Jack, Michael Schilling, Musso, Scott Yearsley, Stefano Di Maiolo, Summon Toast, and Will Davies. Thank you so much for your very generous support. Couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much. And until next time, we will see you next session. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Thanks, Thanks John. John.